She Did It Her Way podcast, episode 251, three foundational things to do when starting your business with the co-founders of Uni Creamer. Hello and welcome to She Did It Her Way, a podcast dedicated to helping you launch a business that allows you the freedom to create from anywhere, design your own schedule in a way that supports you, and pursue what it is that lights you up. I'm Amanda Bolin, your host, and it is time to do it your way. everyone and hello you guys welcome to the show thank you as always so much for listening today's episode is sponsored by Podia who is also sponsoring the upcoming summit and I'm so excited for them to share how attendees can scale their skills and how to use online courses to go beyond the one-on-one interaction which if you haven't snagged your ticket yet, there's still a few days to do so. Ticket sales end on Monday, April 16th. So be sure to get it if you're thinking about coming. I would love, love, love to meet you in person and come hang out with me and so many others in Chicago at the end of the month. Tell you a little bit more about Podia. It is an all-in-one online storefront. So in addition to online courses, their platform allows for you to manage your membership programs and online downloads. And what I personally love about Podia is their super easy to use interface. It's extremely intuitive and easy to navigate as their creator. And honestly, it actually inspires me to want to create even more valuable content so that anyone who is interested in purchasing or downloading something, they can go directly to my online storefront where everything is housed. Another key thing that I love about them is that they keep their product simple and there are no hidden upcharges. Only one flat investment each month that allows you to create as many courses or products as you want. And so again, you can think of Podia as a one-stop shop. I encourage you to try it, play around with it, see how you like it, and you can get a 30-day free trial and 15% off your membership if you decide to continue it. Head to podia.com forward slash her way. That's P-O-D-I-A dot com forward slash her way. Now on to today's episode. Today we meet Elise and Lori Lefcourt, who are sisters and co-founders of Uni Creamer, which is a protein creamer to help busy women control hunger throughout the day, as well as serve as an alternative to animal protein. So it's completely vegan. And they'll also be at the summit serving up coffee both of the mornings. And I'm excited for them to be there. And in this episode, we talk about taking the leap for the entrepreneurial journey. You'll hear how one sister is still in corporate America and the other sister has taken the leap and put it on the line to pursue the company of uni creamer talk about the sacrifices needed for entrepreneurship uncover three foundational things to do when you're starting your business know why you need to network see what they learned about trust during the beginning stages of their business understand why working with family can be tricky and the best thing both at times and learn what they wish they could outsource coming up next with Elise and Lori of uni creamer Today, I am hanging out with Elise and Lori Lefcourt, who are the co-founders, their sisters of Uni Creamer, and I invited them to come on the show to share their story about entrepreneurship and their journey, and this, you guys, obviously, you're listening to this before the summit, but they are providing the coffee and the creamer, their Uni Creamer, for breakfast at the summit, so I'm going to turn it over to these guys, and they can take it away, introduce yourselves, and then we're going to talk about how you came up with uni creamer awesome well thank you so much for having us amanda yes yes 
We're stoked to be here. We sound kind of similar since we are sisters, <laughs> but my uh, name's Elise. Yeah, and my name's Lori. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about our story. So um, basically for my story, and like I said, this is Lori. I started on, um, when I graduated from school, I started on Wall Street and I had this amazing job. I think a lot of people can probably relate. Um, and you know, it was really, really fun. The first three years I was whining and dining clients in New York, at, like the best places. And it was such a great experience meeting all these like traders on Wall Street. But at the same time, I noticed my health started to deteriorate, deteriorate. And like for the first time I started gaining weight, my skin was just awful. Um, so I knew I needed to make some sort of lifestyle change. And I remember seeing this influencer on social media um, promoting this high protein diet. So I decided to um, do the same. And once I got into it, I started to see results. Um, and I was also that girl that was on the elliptical for 45 minutes without seeing any results either. So I started to incorporate weightlifting and high protein, which was a life changer for me. Mm. But at the same time, I stopped eating animal protein. So I'm like, how am I supposed to get all this protein in and work out in this awesome lifestyle? Um, so I started to pour my vegan protein mix into my coffee as creamer. Um, and it really kept me focused and full throughout the day without having to eat 500 protein bars and really filling shakes throughout the whole day. Um, and so that's really where, why I created Unicreamer. I wanted to help, especially women, um, control their hunger and snacking throughout the day. Okay. What were you doing on Wall Street? So if I were to tell you this story, if I were to actually tell you guys, it'd be so boring, but I was an interest rate swap broker for emerging markets. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, but my clients were mostly like Canadian and sometimes Mexican or Brazilian. So it was really, really fun. But it was, you know, the lifestyle is like insane. So. Oh my gosh. This brings me back to the memories in college and finance. Yeah. What were you doing? Um, I was not doing that. I studied finance. And so the interest rate swap whole thing definitely rings a bell. But if I had to dive into exactly what it is, I could try to make it up. But no, I worked for Target out of out of um, college for a year. And then I worked in um, at Wells Fargo because I went through a third party agency, worked there for eight months. And then I had an opportunity to jump ship and go out on my own and that was like six years ago almost six years ago this may which is pretty crazy so um yeah oh my gosh so you did that for three years and then you kind of found this new lifestyle and that's ingenious that you're pouring your pea protein i mean that never even crossed my mind so that's pretty i mean that's ingenious um and then elise what were you doing and how did you get involved and what did that look like because then we'll we'll talk about I want to know the partnership and then we'll talk about the transitions of going from corporate into building your, your own business. Yeah. So for me, um, since college, you know, I moved to Chicago and I did a few different corporate sales jobs. So, you know, I was always in the sales industry and I always covered huge territories. So I was traveling a ton as well. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it's hard to eat healthy when you're constantly in hotels and on planes um, and so I also around the same time switched to a more high protein diet and was trying to eat healthier. Um, and I call myself a barely eat meatitarian because <laughs> I'm not like Laura where I totally have cut out meat. 
Um, I'm not as strict about it, but I try to cut back as much as possible. So yeah, I saw Lori dumping this pea protein into her coffee and it looked disgusting. I remember what is that mess you are drinking? Um, (laughs) But I tried it and I actually felt fuller longer as well. Um, And so yeah, that's why we decided we need to make this a real thing. So what did it look like then? And when did you guys first, like, take us back to that moment as sisters, you guys are sitting there, you're talking, like, when was this baby born? Yeah, so this is Lori. And I am one of those people that I was born to be an entrepreneur. I've had all these crazy ideas. I think I have 50 ideas that go through my brain a day. And typically, if I would say them out loud, I would say I would get made fun of. Like, I would be like, Elise, let's make this Cinegym, like a cinema, and a, you know, just like crazy ideas. Um, I think this is the first one where I got Elise on board because I feel like she felt like we could really make a difference with people with this product. Like, we could really help change people's lives like through their diet and how they see snacking. And then also with it being plant-based, we are very, you know, we, we feel very strongly about animal welfare and we're like, you know what, we can make this a platform to not only make people healthier, but we can also like tie in animal welfare with it by like promoting not using whey or collagen in our, in our creamer. Yeah, I remember sitting on our porch probably about eight months ago when I saw Lori making this weird pea protein concoction. And she was like, this should be a real thing. And normally I shoot down 99% of her ideas on a daily basis. Uh, But this one just actually made sense. It incorporated our love for animals. It incorporated our love for um, just, you know, health and helping other people feel better about themselves. So, yeah, we just decided probably about eight months ago and we just you know we went for it how did you when you say went for it was that did you guys have like talk to us about what was built up with the business and I mean I like are you guys still working your full-time jobs and doing this on the side or have you officially made the leap and you've exited corporate America and then now this is like full-time balls to the wall yeah, so this is Lori again. Um, so I actually spent six years on Wall Street, but then Pat, like post Wall Street, I dabbled in a few different things that just didn't quite fit with me, and um, and then I ended up kind of helping run to run this pet product startup. So I already had a lot of knowledge in how to run a CPG product based company, like on the back end. Um, So I used that knowledge to help start this business. Like, I think one of the hardest things that that people go through when they're starting a business is like, where do you even start? Mm -hmm. You know, I had to find the right manufacturer to work with who was going to listen to our needs, source it from the best place possible. Um, We knew we had to do our due diligence in, in that way. So. That was the transition for me and my sacrifice is I actually am in all I'm in the whole way. So um, my lifestyle, I completely sacrificed it for this company. And um, I'll let Elise tell like her her sacrifice. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, so I am still in the corporate world. Um, I still work a medical sales job basically to fund this company. Um, you know, we don't have some rich uncle just throw in cash at us or else I would love to quit <laughs> this month. 
full-time gig. But for now, you know, I am funding this business with my medical sales job. Um, and yeah. I love, like, I don't think we've ever had um, guests on the show where it was that sort of combination of integration where you have two people and one, like, you guys are, are pulling in in different roles. Lori, back to what you said with the experience you had at um, the pet care uh, startup where you learned all the things about then how to take it and then apply it to Unicreamer in this case, what would you say are maybe like three key foundational things that people should do when it comes to starting any business? So I think it really depends on where that person is. But I would say, first and foremost, if you feel like you don't know anything about how to run a business, obviously, research is huge. And possibly finding a free internship of a company that you can actually work for so you can see the inner workings of how a startup works. Um, I think that's so important, especially if you have the time to do that. Um, if you don't have the time to, to go all day and like sit behind somebody and watch, I would say sacrificing that nighttime, like instead of watching movies or like TV shows at night, go do some research and um, go listen to podcasts of people who have already done it. And like take that time as almost like your second job and get yourself ready to be an entrepreneur and be up all night by doing that because you're going to have to get your hands dirty. Um, and another thing I learned is, <laughs> sorry, Elise is actually pointing it out to me. Um, networking <laughs> is huge. Um, when I was doing the pet product startup, you, you meet a lot of entrepreneurs. I'd say to go to as many events as possible. Um, and reach out to people that you look up to as well, because you will not be, I mean, it, it's crazy how many people will actually help you when they see that you're executing and that you're actually doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, and people are very flattered for mm -hmm. you reach out for their help as well. Yeah. I know one of the things that you had mentioned about looking at your evenings as a, another way to I mean educate yourself and make that sacrifice and that choice and some of the other women that we've had on the show before about before making the official leap they always talked about their I mean for the the year the eight months how many how many ever months it was leading up to making the full leap I mean there are a lot of nights and weekends that were spent doing their own business alongside in parallel to running or to um, working their corporate job. So is there anything, I mean, if you can give us a little bit of insight then when you made the leap, like, did you save, like, what was your, how risk adverse um, are you? What was your threshold? What were some of your non-negotiables that you're, that you put in place that maybe you said, okay, I need, I don't know, six months worth of savings, or maybe it was something else. Maybe it was a gut or an intuition feel, or maybe it was a sales of Unicreamer that then you would be like, okay, this is a time for me to take the leap. Yeah. So I am the opposite of risk adverse. I would say, um, my story is a little bit different. I actually was in a long-term relationship. Um, and I kind of fell into that position of being comfortable with the person I was with, you know, I left Wall Street with a lot and I didn't leave and I didn't save um, like I have. So when I jumped into this, I jumped in with not a whole lot of savings, to be honest, um, but with all of the knowledge and all of the connections by networking that I needed to make this a successful business and actually start. So 
you know, I'm also very grateful that I have parents that are extremely supportive because, you know, my now my station is now actually back at their home, but I'm traveling probably 90% of the time. Um, so, you know, we're using, we're very resourceful, um, more than like financially what we have right now. So, you know, resourceful in the fact that my home station is now back at my parents. However, I'm in LA or Chicago 90% of the time where I need to be, um, resourceful in the fact that we've taught ourselves how to do most of the back end stuff for our business. We put up our own store, um, and we do, you know, we, we just had to teach ourselves all of this because like Elise said, we don't have the rich uncle to, uh, give us a hundred thousand dollars to create a business. And so, yeah. Yeah. I also just think we believe in the product so much that we won't let ourselves fail at this, which is why, you know, Lori moved out of New York, a city she loved for nine years to be stationed, you know, back in St. Louis with our parents. And it's why I'm, you know, funneling all of my cash into this business. We just have such a good feeling about it. And we know that we both are such hustlers and so motivated that we will do whatever it takes to make it, you know, into this huge, huge, successful business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love, I mean, I love that you, you guys both talked about and um, Elise, when you said believing, like, believing in yourself and believing in the success of it and actually trusting and taking the leap of faith and getting yourself to the leading edge to make that decision and that leap is, I mean, so much of the equation and everyone has their different thresholds and comfort levels. And similar to what you were saying, Lori, of maybe it wasn't the financial backing, but it was other things that made you comfortable enough to take the leap. And for everyone, it's so different and it's important to figure out what, what that is and, yeah, sometimes you just got to leap. You got to go for it. <laughs> exactly. As I do leap. The most magical unicorn things happen. I know that sounded so, <laughs> but it's so true because the people that have reached out to us since we launched um, have like wanted to be a part of our business. I mean, we've had offers lately that are amazing. Um, and it's funny because you can't, it's hard to see when you're in those moments of like, oh, I wish. I miss shopping. Like I miss getting my nails done all the time. Like mm. it's hard to see the light when you're thinking of those shallow things on a day where you have 15 hours of work, but then you launch and you have so many supportive people and you have all of these new people that are reaching out, wanting to be a part of it. And you're like, Oh wait, like this is why I did it. Like mm -hmm. this is why I'm doing this right now. So yeah. I, Oh man. When you said about like not getting your nails done, I can definitely, really into the sense where like whether it's your nails or something else when you make a decision to change completely change your lifestyle and doing something different that is you know maybe not as um consistent as maybe getting a paycheck and knowing that that money is going to be there every two weeks so you have to make decisions in the moment and you have to change you, you don't have to some situations but sometimes I mean you just your lifestyle changes and the luxury things or the discretionary things that you used to be doing are no longer an option and you need to spend your time focusing on the business and trusting and believing in it long term. Um, okay. So you guys have been doing this eight months and talk to us about like, what have you learned in the first eight months? And especially with a, a product based business that you guys have built, I would love for you to share, you know, what did it look like when it came to figuring out the actual product itself, branding, marketing, who's your target audience? How are you going to market this product? I mean, dive into all of that. 
Yeah, so that's obviously, um, this is Lori. And we, when we first started, it was kind of a mess. You just have to kind of fail forward and be all over the place. It's like a, a beautiful mess, I guess. <laughs> um, then it kind of all comes together. And um, so when we first started, I think we, what we learned is that you really can't trust anyone. I know that sounds so negative. That's one of the things we've learned. <laughs> Elise is sitting here rolling my eyes. Oh, really no. Um, no well, wait, let me, can I ask you that person or now, now you're saying like, you just, you can't trust anyone or, or in that, that phrase, like, did your, was there any contrast in your gut at the time telling you not to do something with this individual and yet you move forward or when you look back, is I, there any? Yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is when you're starting a business, I think you have to just. I, I like to think of it as like, you should probably work with people who you already know or you're getting referrals from because sometimes I think when we first started, it's everything, the markets are really oversaturated. Like whatever business you get into, whoever you're looking to for like product packaging, for example, there's a million out there. It's best, it, we've found that it's best to get referrals more than it is to do research these days because the internet is like way too oversaturated with people trying to get your business. And as two women in business and two women sisters, we have to be extra careful at who we speak to um, because you never know who tries to take advantage of those people. And they have no idea that I have a finance background. So it's funny when they try to pull one over on us and we always say like, you know, that's not gonna happen. Elise wants to talk to you. On a more positive <laughs> note though, what I think I really learned, um, you know, I handle a lot of like the branding and the marketing um, and something that I think has really worked for us is just being authentic and, you know, putting up stuff that we actually really um, like and love, you know, especially on like social media and on Instagram. There's so many people these days that are all kind of doing the same exact thing, um, you know, to get these followers. So with us, it was really just about staying true to ourselves and our brand um, and also, you know, just taking courses to learn more marketing, just um, networking with people, talking to people that, you know, have done it really well and learning from them. Yeah. And Amanda, one more thing is working with family can be tricky and can be the best thing. That's because what I was going to ask that. Like, what is it like to have a partnership with, with a family member, let alone a sibling who is also your sister? Yeah, well, you're you're hearing it right now because we're both. <laughs> this is a huge, great example because we're both very different, um, but we're also very similar in what we like, which makes it very interesting. So, um, I personally, I mean, it's great because we can yell at each other one minute, and then you know the next minute I'll be like, oh, okay, do you want to go take the dogs on a walk? So we're not afraid to actually tell each other like what we really think about each other's ideas, yeah. which is. Which is nice. We can be tough on each other, but I mean, it's nice. <laughs> and defining those strengths and weaknesses before you start a project is really important, too. Um, we already have defined rules now. And I think if whether you're a couple or like a sibling, like siblings or a family working together to define who's good at what is so important. It will save you so much time and energy. Um, and it just really makes the business run a lot smoother. How have you guys each been challenged in your own ways since you you launched 
eight months ago? Um, for me, it's just, oh, and this is Elise, by the way. Um, for me, it's just kind of learning how to run a business in general. Lori was always the more entrepreneurial entrepreneurial one and like knew exactly like what to research and, you know, just how to do things. And, um, I, my mindset is more like, okay, give me a task and I'll do it. So I've really been mm-hmm. challenged in having to like think outside the box and figure things out when they're not just, you know, handed in front of me and then I have to complete a task. So I think that's been my biggest challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is Lori and mine's the exact opposite. I already knew what to do. Um, I'm kind of naturally good at like building businesses and taking it to the next step. But at the same time, um, for me, it was a lot of mindset work because I did have to change my lifestyle so drastically. Um, and then I would be working so hard and I, you don't, you don't get that vacation or any sort of luxury. So for me, it's been all mindset work and trying to stay happy and see the light every day. And now that we've officially launched, I'm like really seeing that. So I'm so happy, but I think it took a while to get there. Yeah. Do you, I mean, that's, um, thank you guys both for sharing that. And I think that both of them too is definitely like a lot of us. I I know I can certainly relate and I'm sure um, my listeners can as well, depending upon, you know, what stage of the journey that they're in. When you guys, now that you're launched, what have you learned? Like anything that you've learned about your, your market, the people that are buying your products or anything surprising that kind of peaked its head through the numbers that you've received since you guys have launched? Yeah, we're learning. Um, we're learning that we are our original target market was millennials, and it still is. But we're also learning that there is an older crowd of women that are also very interested in our product that we hadn't considered before. Um, and we will definitely look into um, tailoring our business to them as well, with possibly a separate landing page and. Uh, a different sort of um, marketing aspect for them. Um, so yeah, we're learning. I mean, every single day we're learning new things. Um, we're learning new flavors that people are wanting. Um, for instance, you know, people are really into vanilla. So <laughs> we're talking to our manufacturer about making this. So it's these little tiny things every day that we're adding to our list and really listening to what people want mm-hmm. um, with our product and with our market in general. How did you guys go about finding your your manufacturer? Talk to us about that process. Um, so we really just did a ton of research. We didn't really have any connections into the food industry. So it was a lot of connection or just a lot of, you know, um, research, making sure that wherever we were getting our product from, we looked into where they're sourcing all of their ingredients. Um, so yeah, basically just a lot of research and then talking to somebody who we felt was a good fit for us. Yeah. So we, um, this is Lori. We did about, I think I called around like 15 manufacturers and interviewed them before we chose one. However, um, as you, as any company grows and as we've launched and come and been in the news and had a little bit of exposure, um, we've gotten asked by some other manufacturers, um, to also do business with them. So Mm. now we've naturally 
found advisors um, through trade. And I also went to a trade show. So I think if you don't know anyone, make those 15 to 20 calls, interview them who you feel most comfortable and trustworthy um, as your manufacturer. If you, if you do know people in the industry, always go by referrals. And that's what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. That's such a good advice too to interview the people that you're working with because a lot of times, even though you're the one that um, is going to them and giving them your money, it's like you want to know who is creating this product that you are selling that is your entire entire business. How do you guys see Unicreamer unfolding? Is it going to be people buy it from your website or are they going to get it in the supermarket? Is it going to be an Amazon? What's your like ultimate hope for Unicreamer? Our ultimate hope is that we are one of the top in the grocery and on Amazon, which is very possible because some of our competitors are already there. And then we also do want to be um, in Whole Foods and all those health stores worldwide. Yeah. I want to walk into a Starbucks and have our Unicreamer sitting on the shelf would be my ultimate goal. Yeah. That is amazing. Visualize, visualize. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. Few last questions for you both. What is one of your favorite books that you've read? I mean, it can be business, it can be nonfiction, or I mean fiction in that case. Uh, Just any book that has really helped develop your mind and help you with where you are today. Yeah, so I think books and podcasts are one of the most important things for um, mindset for entrepreneurs. My favorite ones that I think every woman would like is Jen Cicero's books. Um, I'm a badass at making money. It's so good. She, It's so entertaining. She speaks to you like she's a friend. She's a little vulgar. It's great. And Elise has one. Yes, she um, love her books. Yes. One of my favorites I've read lately is 10% Happier. Um, it's mm. all about mindfulness, but it's more of like a beginner's book for mindfulness, which I really appreciated. And I love that one. <laughs> what is one thing that you guys do each day that is a non-negotiable? Ooh. Um, question. I always, this is Lori, practice gratitude almost every single day, whether it's in my mind or before I go to bed. I am so thankful to have amazing people that I'm surrounded by and sometimes I'll write it down, but you, I just have to practice, um, gratitude mm-hmm. and non-negotiable for me. I'd say I make sure to make time also for the people that are important in my life. So make time for, you know, like my friends, my family, make sure I, I give enough time to my dog. <laughs> dog dog pets are amazing like they're always so happy and they can't even speak english or human but they i mean they're kind of like yeah they're good (laughs) but that is so true because i mean it's you you can get we can get so busy running our businesses and getting caught up in our own lives that it we can just forget about some of the people that are right in front of us to take to take care of them as well so the last second to last question i have is if I were to give you $100, how would you spend it in your business today? Oh, today at this very moment would we'll go straight back into making more products. Nice. I think Elise would say the same. Yeah, agreed. Perfect. What is, um, okay, I just thought of another one that I'm going to ask too. What's the next thing? Like if you could wave a magic wand, you would outsource in your business. Oh, for sure. Packaging. Yeah. Packaging, 100%. We spend way too much time on packaging and we're ready to outsource tomorrow. 
I love it. So in six months, you guys are going to have no more package. You guys are not going to do any more packaging. Most likely next week, hopefully. Oh, but that's even better. That's even before the summit. I got it. So everybody who's coming to the summit, you are going to have to hold them accountable and ask them if they outsource their packaging. I love yeah. it. We'll 100% do that. (laughs) Yay. Okay. Last question is, is where can my listeners learn more about you guys and learn more about uni creamer and especially if they want to purchase any uni creamer? Sure. They can go on www.unicreamer.com or find us on Instagram at at unicreamer and Facebook. You can actually buy unicreamer on our Facebook page, unicreamer as well. That's, Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say that's amazing that you can just buy it direct through Facebook. Right? It's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Thank you, ladies, so much for coming on the show. Cannot wait to hang out with you guys at the summit and get my hands on some uni creamer. Yeah, we're so excited to be there. It's going to be amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. For more information, check out SheDidItHerWay.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to leave me a review on iTunes and let me know what you think. Until next time, keep doing it your way.